This is episode number 007 of the Reno Slant. Last week was, it was lame. But we're on to Mountain West play now, and we got a fun show for you guys this week. Welcome to the Reno Slant, the podcast for Northern Nevada sports fans, where an award-winning sports writer and his Nevada alum brother discuss Nevada football, Nevada basketball, and, well, pretty much everything else Nevada, except for the Loyalist Chicago tournament game. We don't talk about that. Here are your bro hosts, Adam and Nathan Schaub. Well, last week was kind of a bummer, especially if you are a Nevada special teams fan. Uh, Toledo made way too many big plays and had a Nevada 63-44 loss wrap-up non-conference play for Nevada. A, I did not watch it. I still do not have cable. I listened to uh, John Ramey, though, on TuneIn. If you guys haven't done that, um, I obviously don't get the radio broadcast down here in Vegas, but the TuneIn app uh, has been great. And it sounds like I didn't miss a whole lot. A lot of people complaining about the CBS Sports telecast. Um, so I really enjoy listening to John on the TuneIn app. Uh, Adam and I obviously going to put a bow on non-conference play for Nevada. We'll wrap up the Toledo game, put that thing to bed, and hopefully forget about it forever. And then it's on to Air Force. A game at 1 o'clock on Saturday on ESPN News. What have the Falcons been up to this year? What does Nevada have to do for a rare road win? It'll be the first one uh, under Jay Norvell. The path, I think, is pretty obvious, as it always is against this Air Force team. We'll explain, get into that. And what's going on with the line? There has been some shift, some movement in the line since it opened, going into kick on Saturday. And obviously, we're going to get to our predictions. We got something new this week. We've been wanting to get guests on the show. That's going to be the plan. So we want to incorporate. We got one this week. Uh, Albert Rossetti, Nevada stud from 2009 to 2012. Uh, really fun interview with Albert talking about the Boise win. He's on the sideline for that one. Talk a little bit about Cap. What does he think of the current state of the football program? And then we'll get to some quick slants. Uh, moved him back to the end of the show this week. I think that works better. I think it's probably what we're going to go with moving on. So some 30-second gambling in fantasy, some complaints. We got some awesome Twitter questions from you guys again this week. That's, that slant is really starting to heat up. And then obviously we need to get to random Reno. But first, the iTunes five-star review of the week. This week comes from M Night 15. Great banter, insightful analysis, and a downright entertaining podcast. If you don't listen to the Reno Slant, then what exactly are you doing with your life? I, I would ask the same question. Probably not making the right choices. Get your shit together, turn up a notch in your life, and subscribe to the podcast. You'll be glad you did. That might be the iTunes five-star review of the show so far. <laughs> so challenge to everyone else from here here on out. Try to top that one. Um, so Mason, uh, thanks for the love, buddy. Appreciate it. If you want your iTunes review to get read on the show next week and future weeks, all you got to do, go into iTunes, leave us a five-star review, and uh, see if we pick you. Give you some love on one of the following shows. So we'll start in with Toledo here in a second. But, bro, we need to talk about Thursday. I gave you a hard time when you said Browns-Jets was one of the games that you were looking forward to. Uh, you still riding the, the tidal wave of emotion after the Brownies got in the win column? So I just first want to give myself a little pat on the back because I said that was going to be the game of the week. That was the game I was most excited for, and it it was for sure the best game. I'm still riding that. I wore my Baker jersey to bed, or my Johnny Manziel jersey to bed last night. It was 
like watching the tail end of that and just the reaction on Twitter, so many people were just saying like tonight we're all Cleveland Browns. Yeah. The fun I mean, it was kind of funny because you know, it was such a roller coaster game and the Browns looked down and out and you know, they were chanting for Baker and then it was kind of like storybook Tyrod, you know, unfortunate for Tyrod, he got hurt and you know, had yeah. a weak game, but then Baker comes in, you know, just lights it up and they end up winning. But the funny thing was, it was a comment. I can't remember which commentator it was. If it was Reggie Bush or whoever it was, I was watching the post game, and they were basically said it was Michael Irvin. <laughs> he basically goes, you know, it was a great win, great everything. He goes, but it was still the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> like he's trying to take it away from Cleveland. Exactly, like trying to take the one win in two years or whatever it's been for Cleveland, and he's just like, it's still the Jets. Like, okay, Irvin. Move, get over no, it. that that was so sick. Like I, I have no affiliation, no connection to Cleveland at all, other than I think with the mm-hmm. LeBron stuff, I got kind of wrapped up into it when when he won uh, the title for for the land a few years ago, whatever that was. Now, but like I, I was genuinely excited for the people of Cleveland. Oh yeah, like I mean, obviously if we're watching it here, we don't. No, I mean, I've never been to Cleveland. I don't think you've ever been to Cleveland. No. There's no any sort of connection there but yeah i mean even as sports fans though i think you kind of put yourself in their shoes absolutely and you can and you can only imagine how miserable it's been the last couple you know for a long time really but yeah. specifically these last couple years as a cleveland fan so you kind of see that and you know you you want to celebrate for him too you feel you you're happy for him so they go one in 31 the last two years mm-hmm. those fans still hanging in there but now you got baker mayfield who by Dude, in his NFL debut, completely flipped the script in an NFL game. Yeah. Like, that that's unbelievable. Well, one thing they were talking about, too, about that game, just real quick, is they were saying that Baker hasn't taken a snap with the first team at all. They I don't know if that. I believe that. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised they, if Hugh said, Jackson has done it, but like, that makes no said, sense. No, they said that, that he hasn't taken a single snap. He said that in the post game that he hasn't taken a single snap with the first team. Wow, I missed that then. And so they Jeez. were like, that's even more amazing. That he has no chemistry with these guys and was still able to just light it up. I'm, I'm, I'm on the Baker bandwagon. Yeah. And sure. even more so if you're a Cleveland fan, how frustrating are those early losses now to the Saints? They can and- be 3-0. That's what I'm saying. They could be undefeated. <laughs> they could be three now, and zero. The, now the, sta- be, the now, Saints and the Steelers, the tie against the Steelers. Yep. So now it's going to be a whole lot of what ifs. Like, what yeah. if we had start? You know, if it gets down to that point. Yeah. But all right, this is a Reno podcast. We probably should talk about <laughs> Reno things. <laughs> um, let's let's put this Toledo game to bed. I think we're going to be on on the same line of, of thought with a bunch of this stuff. So, um, w- what's a couple quick thoughts from you that that you took away from from that loss? Um, I mean, initially, I think you mentioned this in the intro. The special teams were just a mess. Yeah. There was kick return for a touchdown, a block punt touchdown. Um, Toledo's way too good of a team f- to be giving them that. You know, even still 14, I think we we still lose that game. But that was those were definitely like deflating moments, and the special teams is gonna have to, you know, be a little more tight if we're moving forward. Yeah, I, I said I said not to toot my own horn here on the podcast last week. I said defense and special teams are going to have to be going to get some hands on some balls, going to make some plays on special teams, and the opposite of that happened, uh, especially mm-hmm. on special teams. I mean, you can't go to on the road and play a good team like Toledo and give up two special teams touchdowns and expect to win. Um, I think once those plays happened, it was pretty obvious Nevada was going to lose that game. 
Mm-hmm. You gave up 14 points there, and there was another blocked punt that gave up a short field that Toledo scored on, but who, who says they wouldn't have marched 80 yards and scored anyway? I mean, they were doing whatever they wanted. Um, yeah. So sp- special teams, um, definitely a, a disappointment last week. Any, anything else from you? Uh, I know I'm going to butcher his name. I just asked you what it was. Toa Tawa. There you go. Yeah. Got it. Uh, definitely electric, bright side, you know, bright glimpse in that game. There wasn't a, you know, a whole lot to stand out, but he definitely took the show. I mean, his stat line, 15 carries, 170 yards, three touchdowns, was averaging almost 11 and a half, so 11.3 a carry. That is definitely a a bright, you know, bright future looking in on that, especially able to do that against a Toledo defense. Yeah. No, he was, uh, he was a stud. I mean, have a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm on the road. I think we're starting to get something we talked about when we were doing season preview stuff. It was going to be interesting to see what the backfield was going to look back, look like because they have so many dudes with Lee and Toa Tawa and Kelt Moore and Jackson Kincaid and how are they going to, I think we're starting to get a bit of an idea. Um, Toa Tawa and Kelt Moore are kind of splitting carries. I wouldn't be surprised if we see Lee for four games in now if he gets slapped with a red shirt. Um, mm-hmm. so that'd be interesting because he had five carries for 11 yards in, in the loss. So, um, I would be surprised, honestly, if they don't redshirt him, but Toa mm-hmm. Tawa was an absolute beast in that game. Um, one other positive, I, Toa Tawa, I, I think really the resiliency of the offense stood out to me. I think there were several points in that game where it looked like Toledo was about to blow the doors off, and time and time again, it felt like the offense was able to put a drive together and put some points on the board. Um, Toledo scored nine touchdowns in that game. Nevada prevented Toledo from going back-to-back scores six times. So Toledo scored a touchdown. Nevada was the next team to score six times. And that is, that's what answering is. Um, cause there, there was a number of times that Toledo went up easy, went up 11, 12. You think Nevada doesn't score. Toledo does. And then it's game over. So I, I thought offensively that was Nevada's best game start to finish. Um, Nevada had more yards rushing, more yards passing, more first downs. It ran more plays. It won time of possession. And it was perfect in the red zone. Those are all pretty good stats. But then you throw in the two special teams touchdowns, and then that's the equalizer. Um, so mm-hmm. I thought offensively, Nevada looked pretty good. All right. Moving on to Air Force now. Um, Air Force comes into this thing at 1-2, and 0-1 oh, in Mountain West play. They won their opener against Stony Brook, 38 nothing. Then they went to Florida Atlantic. That's Lane Kiffin, right? Uh, Florida Atlantic, yes, yeah. that is Giffen. Uh, they lost 33-27, and then last week they played a on the road against a surprisingly good Utah State team and lost 42-32. So um, what are a couple things that you found when looking into Air Force? Well, aside from aside from watching that Utah State Air Force game, I had Utah State minus 10, so loved it. <laughs> well, they ended so up push. pushing at the end. Yeah. They pushed at the end, but it won a parlay. Um Last year they were pretty middle of the road, six and seven, four and four in conference. They're fourth in the Mountain Division, so nothing too exciting. Um, looking at some of the predictions, you know, I definitely think that this is a, a very winnable game. But Air Force, just looking at kind of last year and kind of what they've done so far this year, there's nothing that stands out that says, "Oh my God, we there's no way we can go win this game." Air Force is never a team that's going to have overwhelming talent. They are mm-hmm. a program that's built off of scheme and creating advantages that way, just with the nature of it, them being Air Force and who they can recruit and, and that sort of deal. I think whenever you play Air Force, talking about scheme, it's, it's the triple option. I mean, that, that's going to be the concern yep. and it's been a major problem for Nevada 
in the in the future. It's really funny. The series between Nevada and Air Force, this is only the fourth time they've ever played. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not like the two schools are super far apart. Um, yeah, I was, I see, I saw that last night when I was checking that out too. They haven't actually played a whole lot. Yeah. So Air Force, number six in the nation right now, averaging almost 290 yards a game. <laughs> and the, the games Air Force has played in Nevada in the past, they scored 45 last year, 45 and 15, 42 and 13, 48 and 12. So <laughs> this Nevada team has really struggled trying to defend the triple option. If there is a silver lining though, I think Air Force's ground game is not nearly as efficient as it's been in, in years past. You look at their what they're averaging yards per carry, less than four yards, 3.95. And if you're a team that relies almost solely on the ground game, that's not good enough. Um, just to compare the two, Nevada's averaging 5.3 yards a carry. So Nevada is almost a yard and a half better per carry than Air Force. Um, so definitely the triple option. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I got two that, especially running with the triple option, is if you're going to be watching the game, expect Air Force to be running a ton of plays. They actually set um, a school record with 107 plays. I, I saw that was, last week, yeah, right? Yep, 107 plays last week. So if you think about that, and uh, just an entire game, play, 107 snaps is pretty crazy. And that their previous record before that was 98. And how do you said, how do you run 107 plays and only score 32 points? That's what I don't know. It's like unless you're starting every drive at the 20 or 25, getting three to four yards of play. That's all. Getting, yeah, that speaks to how I mean that's a lot of plays, but it speaks to how unexplosive they are. Yeah, and then it's like you got to be getting to just outside of field goal range. So you, when you're watching the game, Air Force is going to be the offense is on the field a lot. Yeah, they're methodical. Um, defensively, Air Force is really good against the run too. So they're, they're, uh, they're still a good running team and they're really good defending the run. Um, de- defensively right now, again, small sample size early in the season, but Air Force is number three in the country, allowing less than 73 yards per game on the ground. Um, and that's, there's 2.6 yards per carry in there. That's a good number. They've only given mm-hmm. up five rushing touchdowns. They are vulnerable through the air, though. Teams are throwing the ball on them a little bit. Uh, 290 yards per game, and that is number 112 in the country. So really good against the run, really not good against the pass. Perfect. Just the way I like it. <laughs> you got, you got uh, yeah, my last final one kind of goes on what I was mentioning earlier. So I actually watched that Air Force-Utah State game almost in its entirety last weekend. Um, and I've seen Utah State predicted to finish as high as fourth in the entire Mountain West. So Utah State's been already been a surprise. They've been awesome, yeah. Mm-hmm. But what I'm going to say is the resilience, though, because Air Force was – I mean, they were down pretty big at times, and the spread was minus 10. Utah, I was sitting there pretty comfortable that they were going to cover the entire time. But Air Force, I mean, it was late in the game. They came back. I mean, they definitely – they were down, but they weren't out. They made it a game. I think they got within two or three in the fourth, so – you know, even if they get punched a little bit, they're still going to, obviously it's Air Force too, but they're going to, you know, they'll fight back. Yeah. Uh, the last thing I got is just that this Air Force team is, is tough to beat in Falcon Stadium. I think part of it is that they're at over 7,000 feet in elevation. That's mm-hmm. a factor. So I think Nevada has a little bit of, and it, I don't want to say maybe an advantage over a lot of teams that do go there. Wyoming mm-hmm. would be one of those teams as well. Um, but 7,000 feet, that's up there under Troy Calhoun. Air Force is 51 and 18 at home, which is pretty impressive. 
Calhoun in his 12th season, by the way, with a win on Saturday, would be the second coach ever to win 50 Mountain West games. I saw. Is, is that with uh, Rob, uh, Rocky, Rocky Long? Mm-hmm. Yeah, saw that. Yeah. All right. Uh, favorite player on the other roster. You want to take this? Yeah. So right before we came on, I totally forgot to look this up. So I looked up really quick, and I basically just went, "Who has the coolest name?" And oh, if you took if you took mine, I swear. <laughs> uh oh. Did did you go big or small? Oh, I always go big boys. Okay, so we're so we're good. I found okay. Milton Bug the third. He's a five nine, hundred and sixty five pound sophomore defensive back. Um so Milton Bug the third is gonna be my favorite player on the other roster. I didn't do nearly enough research or as much research as I've as I've done previously, but I'm pretty happy with it still. <laughs> All right. I guess we'll, we'll let it slide. Tables kind of turn on the favorite player. Normally yeah, you, it's me. you forgot last normally, week, right? Yeah. Normally, yeah, normally it's me that's that's lacking. But I actually did my homework last night. I was very studious. Nerd. My guy, he is an offensive lineman, 6'3", 285. So he's, yeah. he's a big boy. His name, Wolfgang Reebok or Rebok, something like His that. His first name's Wolfgang? Wolfgang. So when I first saw that, that's I said, amazing. I, I said this guy could be the biggest nerd ever, but if I meet someone named Wolfgang, I'm immediately intimidated by them. So do you think he goes by Wolf or goes by Gang? I bet you he's got some just crazy nickname that doesn't relate to anything, and he's like, my name is the worst, so he probably goes by, like, Charlie. <laughs> Does Wolfgang wear Rex specs under his helmet? <laughs> I don't know what Wolfgang does pregame, but I don't want to know what he does. <laughs> I, that, I've, um, I've never heard of a Wolfgang. That's that's a great name. Great name. But him, but him, my stat. So my research. You know, hats off to me, everybody. Give me a little high five. Uh, he helped. <laughs> he helped the offense win the Mountain West rushing title with 307.4 yards per game rushing average, which ranked fourth nationally. Wow, Air Force can run the ball. Very uh, strong insight. So if you guys are watching, yeah, if you guys are watching, look out for Wolfgang. Cause he'll get you. <laughs> uh, that's so funny. All right, uh, key matchups in in this one. Uh, think, about, think about his parents when he was born. <laughs> it's like Wolfgang. That's it. I don't understand. Right, that, I, don't that understand. Was, I don't understand. That's my last. That, that's my last point. I love it. Shout out his parents. <laughs> All right. Uh, all right. Keep matches. We got to move on. I'll, I'll let you go first. This is going to ruin the whole show. We're, we're, keep, keep, I love it. What a great uh, okay. name. I, I, that's honestly amazing. Okay. Now we're moving on. Keep matches. Okay. You, you, you go keep first. Match. Here we go. Defensive mental strength versus the Air Force offense. That is my number one key matchup. They're, like I said, Air Force is going to be, uh, you know, they're going to have the ball a lot. They're going to be running a ton of plays. They're going to be not, you know, moving 10, 15 yards at a time. So obviously the defense is really going to have to keep within, you know, especially triple option two. It's a tricky offense to keep track of. People are moving all over the place. So late in the game, we'll see how the defense holds up. Yeah. No, I, I think that the, the key map, we'll talk, we'll get list a few here. The matchup is Nevada's run versus Air Force's offense. <laughs> I mean, if, if you can slow that ground game, you're going to win mm-hmm. this game because the Mavs going to score points. We know that. I, I've went back to this one. Or I've gone to this one. I think it's three weeks in a row now. 
Nevada's third down defense versus Air Force's third down offense. It's it's a key play regardless of or key down regardless of who you're playing. But we've, we've, I've talked about how good Nevada has been on third down this year. Regressed a little bit last week. Toledo was seven of fifteen, um, but still really strong there. Fourteenth in the country, less than twenty eight percent conversion rate. Nevada is allowing on third down. Air Force surprisingly hasn't been great on third down this year. Um, converting less than 37%. That's 85th in the country. I was, I was surprised by that. I figured they'd be kind of at the top of the list. Um, mm. but they go for it a ton on fourth down. They've gone yeah. for it 17 times this year. That's most in the FBS and they've converted 11 of those. So that's almost 65% they're converting on fourth down. So, uh, third down success, usually pretty good indicator of time, time of possession as well. This is a crazy, disparity in this one air force as you would assume one of the best in the country time possession number two averaging almost 40 minutes a game of possession uh nevada offensively just to give you contrast a little bit 26 minutes per game which is 116th Mm. so two totally contrasting styles of offense in this one Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, my last one was feeding off that too is gonna be the time of possession battle obviously nevada's offense moves quick air force's offense moves slow you put two and two together, it makes the defense to be on the field for a long time, which also plays into my other key matchup. So mm-hmm. time of possession battle, that's going to be a big one. Yep, which goes back to mine. I'll say mine's better. Get off the field in third down. Oh. <laughs> I have the better key. Um, I think there's a lot of room for optimism in this one that Ty Gange is going to have a big game. We talked about Air Force struggling against the pass so far this year. But I really want to see the ground game continue to build off last week. Uh, with mm-hmm. Toa Tawa, huge game. Kelton Moore had a nice game, too. Um, so I want, I want to see those two in the offensive line. What can they do against an Air Force run defense? It's been pretty stout early in the season. The more Nevada can run the ball, the more it can possess the ball, the more it keeps Air, For- Air Force's annoying offense off the field. So yep. I, I really want to see the ground game get going. And, and you said you're, you're out of key matchups? Yep, I okay. said those two. Okay, I got one more. Um, both teams are really good in the red zone, both on offense and defense. So offensively, Air Force is almost 93%, 28 in the country. Um, Nevada is scoring in the red zone slightly over 93%. That's 21 in the country. Defensively, Air Force is 12th in the country, less than 67%. And Nevada is 23rd in the country. So both teams really strong in the red zone. It's going to be strength versus strength when both teams get down in there. So I think that one just going to be kind of, kind of fun to watch. What do you got for biggest concern in this one? I'm sure we've already talked about it. Uh, I'm actually going to mix it up. I'm going to say the biggest Ooh. concern is letting history repeat itself. Ooh. Nevada has struggled historically yep. in Colorado and just against Air Force in general. Yep. And new era, first time playing in Colorado. I think since, was it 2014? I think I read was the last time they played in yeah. Colorado. Yeah. So it's been a while you've been there. Obviously, new system, a new coach, new, I mean, everything's new. Mm-hmm. So. That's my big concern is still everything's changed, but, you know, a lot of statistics are statistics for a reason, and my concern is history. All right. Fair enough. I'm also going to play off history. Last time these teams played in Reno, again, you mentioned it, new systems, new coaching scheme. Last time they played was 2015. That was in Reno. You want to guess how many yards Air Force ran for? I'm going to guess 320. 550 yards Air Force ran for in Reno. That is 550. A lot. That is ridiculous. I mean, mm-hmm. it, that's obscene. So Air Force did whatever it wanted on the ground. 
that has to be a concern again this week. I think Air Force is far less explosive as that 2015 squad, obviously. I'd be shocked if Air Force goes over 550 again. Um, but the concern has to be how is Nevada going to defend that triple option because that's just something it hasn't been good at in, mm-hmm. in the four first times they've met. All right, keys to a victory in this one. I'll go, I'll go first. I'm stealing one of yours. Start fast. Score some points in the first quarter. Air Force is not a team that wants to throw the ball a ton. They're averaging less than, I think it's like 113 yards per game through the air. So go up a couple scores in the first quarter. Start fast. Maybe force, Air Force is not a team that's going to panic. But if you can maybe start getting them thinking about maybe we need to throw the ball, need to start, mm-hmm. start, try to start forcing things, that's not what they want to do. That's not the strength of their offense. That's completely out of their comfort zone. So get a couple scores early. Try to get them to maybe start thinking about throwing the ball a little bit. And then play from ahead. And I think that that's the key to formula or the key to, to victory really in this one is come out fast, get Air Force out of what it wants to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to say third and short and fourth and short need to be on lockdown because the style of the offense, there's going to be a lot of third and fours, third and threes, fourth and ones and fourth and twos. Yeah. And if they're going, they're going for it a lot on fourth down, like you said. So though that short game defense, it needs to be stout at the line. Um, that third down defense and fourth down defense is going to be, you know, it's going to be, I would say almost every series you're going to, not every series, every, you know, they're going to be in fourth down a lot in yeah. these short game situations. So the defense, how it responds to being on the field a lot is going to be yeah. one of the big keys. I, I think trying to stop Air Force on third and two and fourth and one is, is a nightmare. It, it's, mm-hmm. it's unbelievably difficult. So I kind of reverse engineered it. I said Nevada has to win on first down. Win, win on first down. Don't let them get to third and two. Try to get them into second and eight, second and nine. Mm-hmm. Win on first down. And again, get them out of where they want to be offensively in terms of rhythm, in terms of being ahead of the chains, all that stuff. So I think, I think first down, if you, Nevada wants to win third down in this one and win fourth down, has to win on first down. That's mm-hmm. going to be huge, huge down in this game because Air Force, not explosive, very methodical. Get them out, out of their comfort zone. And the last one that I had, was clean up special teams. Uh, special teams haven't been a huge issue this year until Saturday. A massive, massive blind. I mean, you cannot give up two touchdowns on special teams. So just don't do that again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got more on the offensive side of the ball. Um, uh, like you said earlier, Air Force, the pass game defense isn't that good. The run game D is um last week we saw Toa Tawa he obviously had a huge game like we said uh but the offense is going to need to be complementary of one another you, we're not going to be able to live and die by the pass in this game so we're still going to have to have a run game so get that going make the you know lanes open for the receivers and then get that offense flowing yeah last week was the first time we saw I, the offense really move the ball consistently the entire game mm-hmm. um I, you the, no one can put the that loss on on the offense I don't even think you can put it on the defense. I, we, we knew what Toledo was going to score points and move the ball. Yeah. Um, so we knew that was coming. I, that, a ton goes on special teams in that one. Just brutal. All right. Uh, predictions in this one. We've been almost identical in our, in our picks. So I was far. Cu- I'm, I'm curious about this and I gotta, I gotta give myself a little slap across the face, but I have been, I'm 0 for 2. You've got me. Yeah. You suck. Or, you're yeah, so I'm not bad. Good you're so it. bad. <laughs> All right, let's move, let's move on. Let's move on. All right, so so what do you so what do you got then for Saturday? 
I got a 38-31 Nevada victory. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Uncanny. <laughs> yeah. So I talked about how good Air Force is at home, how good they've been at home under Troy Calhoun. Uh, we haven't talked about it this week, but a, a lot's been made of struggles this Nevada team has had on the road. Uh, mm-hmm. 0-8 under Jay Norvell. Chris Murray had an awesome tweet today. He talked about, yeah, Nevada's 0-8 under Jane Ravel, but some of the games they've played, they've been double digit underdogs in every single one of those games. So that's, yeah. that's tough to do. Um, I think this of Jane Norvell's young tenure is the most winnable road game for Nevada. Um, I picked Nevada in the, the preseason show, show number two. Um, Nevada always has a huge, huge home game next week against Fresno. I think a lot of, a lot of signs in this one point to Air Force. I'm not buying it. I'm going, this is why I laughed. Nevada, 38, Air Force, 36. All right. <laughs> For the purpose of the Twitter poll that I've been, that we've been putting out every week, I'm changing my score. We need no, to make some. No, um, no. You just got to rephrase it. We got to oh figure something else out. Yeah, we're within five. We got to give ourselves a spread of the predict. I don't that's, know, something like that. We'll, we'll figure something out. Maybe we just yeah. won't do it this week. All right. Uh, betting angle. What do you got? All right. So the line we got right now, Air Force is favored by six and a half, over under 64. Lines moved a little bit. The first thing I know we talked a little bit about this we saw was eight and a half uh, as early as when the line came out. I think that would have been Sunday, Sunday sometimes, Sunday or Monday or whatever. Uh, The over under did open up at 66 and a half, though, and has dropped two and a half points. This week, to everybody listening, I did my homework. I got three little stats to help you make your pick. We got the over is five and one in the Falcons last six games after allowing more than 40 points in their previous game. So take that into consideration. Also, the Falcons are three and 13 against the spread in their last 16 conference games. Ooh. You like that? I like that. That's a good one. I like that a lot. Yeah. They might do a little Nevada money line. Maybe we'll see. Um, the over is four and O in the last four meetings between Air Force and Nevada. I would say it's got to go on over every single time they've played. So all, all roads lead to Nevada and the over. I think you've gone under the last two shows and it, and it went over. Yeah. I, I'm not proud of <laughs> and it. And you're, and you're the sports betting guy. You know, every year and everybody <laughs> who gambles knows this. There's always one team you just can't pinpoint. Well, it's, bad. Just, like, it's bad if you can't pinpoint the team that you cover, that you watch, that you talk about all the time. Hey, you know, sometimes that's just how gambling is. If you give me some, if you, if you suck, you give me some Cincinnati Bearcats, I'm going to be on the right side of Cincinnati every day. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. Good. You got that one down. Everybody, everybody's got their team. <laughs> all right. So we both got, I think we both got Nevada. We both have Nevada covering. Obviously we both have Nevada winning and we have the over, mm-hmm. Look, which means that Air Force is going to cover and it's going to go under. Technically you how pro- to, how you can goes. probably take you can probably take that to the bank because I mean if you're siding with me how bad I've been these first couple weeks it's that's not a good thing. <laughs> All right, um, we haven't had a guest on the show yet. I'm excited that we were able to get one this week. It's something we do want to incorporate. So if you or someone you know wants to come on the show, you got to have some sort of stature though. We'd love to have you guys on. We got to figure it out from a technological standpoint because Adams in Reno, I'm in Vegas. We're doing it over Skype. We got to get that dialed in. Uh, we're able to get Albert Rossetti. Um, Nevada diehards should recognize that name. Albert was a defensive end, middle linebacker at Nevada from 
2012. He was actually the team MVP the 2012 season, so he won the Golden Helmet. Uh, his last year was obviously Chris Alt's last. He's in a few spots in the Nevada record books. His 135 tackles his senior season rank third in school history, and he does own at least one record. I don't know. I didn't do that much research. Uh, his senior season, he recorded 25 tackles against Air Force, so uh, dude can tackle some people. Mm-hmm. So here is our interview with Albert. All right, we're really excited to have Albert on. Uh, reason we were able to get him this week is because uh, we all have the exact same agent. <laughs> it, it has it has nothing to do with the fact that Adam and he are roommates. Nothing <laughs> to do at all with that. So, uh, Bert, we can start with that. I lived with Adam for a few years. What, what's it like living living with Adam? Living with Adam? Well, <laughs> um, you know, besides all the fanfare he's been getting from the Reno slant, you know, that gets a little uh, irritating at times when I got paparazzi in the front yard, yeah. you know, begging to see him. But they, they other than that. You know, pretty decent roommate. No complaints. It's the price you got to pay. <laughs> All right. Um, we'll start talking. I guess we'll, we'll talk about your. You played obviously at Nevada for several years, and you're in the record books in a few different spots. Um, but you're obviously still involved. You're watching a lot of Nevada football defense. Your side of the ball, not been great yeah. the last few years. If you were to strap them on right now, throwing the shoulder pads. Could you hang? Would you get clowned? How would that go? Oh, God. You know, I I think that saying, you know, the older you get, the better you thought you were. And I think that saying is extremely true because, um, you know, every once in a while I'm watching what they're doing. I'm like, I could have made that tackle. And then I come back to reality and I go, my knees hurt getting out of bed. There's no way I'm making a tackle on Saturday. So, <laughs> um, you know, yeah. You know, they're, they're having some issues. Um, but we got our second year under the same D coordinator. They're playing hard, seeing some good things. It's just, uh, trying to put series together. I'd say, you know, series back to back is the key right now. So, sure. Sure. yeah. What I'm think when I'm saying you looking back at your playing days, obviously, uh, the Boise State game, you know, in 2010, that was a huge one. A lot of people would say of that, you know, of that era, that's got to be the number one memory. Um, thinking back on it though, what would you say the second high, uh, favorite memory of that era is? That's tough. I mean, absolutely 2010 Boise State game. I mean, that's far beyond, you know, that's <laughs> the top one on the list, you know. Yeah. I mean, that game was crazy. Had a bunch of family in town because it's Thanksgiving weekend and I mean, it was freezing cold. Boise's number three. We're 19. I mean, huge upset. So that, that obviously is number one. Number two for me actually would be my senior year going down to Cal and beating Cal in the opening game of their new stadium. I'm from the Bay Area, so another game where I had a bunch of friends, a bunch of family, and just wasn't highly recruited by Cal. So, you know, maybe had a little extra motivation to (laughs) beat up on them. So I would say that's number two for sure. I I know that we we talked about this. I can't remember how long ago it was that I talked to you about it. But, like, that Boise game is something that everyone is going to remember about, I think – is going to affiliate Nevada football with forever because that was just I remember watching that game in college or actually I was in high school, no first year oh, out yeah. of high school Wh- whatever. Um, what what do you remember about that game? Do you remember the missed field goal late? Do you remember any like what what sticks out from that game? Yeah, so I mean that was my sophomore year. So 
majority of that game, I was on the sidelines. I mean, I played on special teams, um, a few snaps on defense, but I had a front seat view for most of the game. I wasn't too heavily involved. Um, I remember being very cold. I remember <laughs> us down at half. You know, that's for sure. I remember being yeah. down at half pretty big, maybe 14, 17 points, something like that. And then I remember slowly, you know, making the making a comeback, you know, scoring yeah. points, shortening the lead. And then, uh, yes, the field, missed field goal by Bratzman, uh, Anthony Martinez making it late, and then the late bomb by Boise to put him back in field position. I mean, it's just a roller coaster. <laughs> and you were like high, then low, then high, then low. It was it was nuts. And then just kind of rushing the field after. I yeah. mean, that with all the fans and everything like that. So what, what were the parties? Did you go, did you guys party that night? What, what was that night after? Like it had to be nuts. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember if I was 21 in, in 2010 or not. So I'm not sure. I don't want to get myself in trouble, but uh yeah, it was a long night. That's for sure. And I mean, it was, there was Boise fans everywhere downtown yep. pissed off that they lost, which made the night even sweeter. Yeah. Um, you know, it was yeah, it was a long night and probably a night I'll remember forever. That's for sure. I can imagine Reno did not shut down for a while that night. <laughs> no, a true twenty-four hour town that night. That's for sure. Yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah, and I guess kind of changing gears here a little bit. Obviously, there's a former Nevada player who has been in the news quite a bit. What'd you make of a uh, cap when you played together? Because obviously in college, that was before a lot of this, but he's obviously a very exciting player. So I'd be curious to see how he was just as a teammate and kind of a player. Yeah, I mean, definitely been in the news lately. Um, a little bit. Face of Nike, you know, some would say, but, uh, it's, I, I kind of get that question a lot, especially being from the Bay Area, especially when he went to the Niners. Hey, we just drafted this quarterback. You know, he yep. went to school with him, thoughts, and really, I mean, if not the hardest worker, one of the hardest workers I've ever been around. Um, don't have a, one negative thing to say about him when I played with him, was a great teammate, great leader, really just, led by example too and a lot of quarterbacks they talk about you know time in the film room and you know first one to leave uh, first one to get there last one to leave he was that but he also put a ton of work in the weight room too i mean yeah. all so yeah obviously you know he's in the middle of a controversy there's people that are against it people that are for it but when i play with him I, nothing negative to say about him if i would have told you when you guys were playing together he was me the face of basically a civil rights movement would you have believed me I mean, no, <laughs> yeah. just because. No way you can see that coming. Yeah, no, I would say, well, I'm pretty sure he wants to play in the NFL, so I don't, I, I think, you know, that's right. going to be what he's doing for the next 10 or 15 years, but no, yeah, I've never seen that coming, so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then what do you make, kind of make of the current state of the team? Obviously, you talked a little bit about it. We're still kind of new into the program. A lot of Norvell's recruits are just kind of getting implemented in the system. But especially as a foreign player watching it, kind of how do you feel? Are the tides turning? Are they kind of stalling? Obviously going better than what they were, but what kind of what's your opinion on the team? Yeah, I think you kind of hit on it. Um, we're in a transition. I definitely have seen improvement from last year on all sides of the ball, so that's encouraging. They've got some you know exciting players they didn't have last year. They got Toa, the freshman running back, uh, the wide receiver the that was – yeah, absolute beast. The uh, transfer wide receiver who was hurt last year. I can't think of his name, but, um, yeah, awesome. they got some, yeah, exactly. He, they got some great players or not 
I don't know. They got some good players. They're playing hard in all these games, even though the Vanderbilt was a bit of a blowout. I, you know, yeah. at half, it's a, a three point game, right seven point game, whatever it is. So right there. playing hard. Um, I think it's encouraging for sure the way we're trending right now. Yeah, I would say so. Definitely. Um, so I also was a college athlete, but it was D3. Basically the same thing as Division One football. Basically the exact same thing. Yeah. Um, exactly. so for someone, you, you still live in Reno, obviously connected to the program. Like when, when you watch games, how connected do you still feel with the program? Do you feel more removed, distant from it? I mean, how is that dynamic? Well, um, that's an interesting question because it's not one of those things where Nevada's football is playing and I have to be watching the game. I'm not like that. You know, yeah. I got a lot going on. We're all busy. But if the game is on and I am watching it, I'm balls deep. I mean, that's all I'm doing <laughs> is watching the game. I can't, you know, be reserved. I think I watched this last game at the Sierra Golds and I'm slamming the bar and getting pretty <laughs> irritated. So if I'm not watching it, you know, I'm fine. I can just yeah. check the scores online. But if I'm watching it on TV, yeah, I'm, I get pretty intense. So um, that's just kind of how I am in general. Do you ever have anyone – it would have happened more probably right after you were done playing. But do you ever have anyone like recognize you or call you out or I know that name? Do you ever deal with any of that or are you able to walk around downtown pretty anonymously? <laughs> as much as I could uh... – Wish I could answer yes to that question. <laughs> no, I've never, uh, never been called out for anything like that. I mean, at the Nevada games, you know, you come into some hardcore fans and yeah. maybe you say your name and they say, Oh, that sounds familiar. You know, did you play here or, you know, something along those lines? But no, no, uh, no one's buying my drinks at the wall if that's what you're asking. Well, well now, now that we got you on the pod, now it'll happen. Are you the guy from the pod? Are you guys no, from the it'll podcast? be, hey, yeah. You're, you're the, you were the guest on the Reno Slant. I'm like, yep, that's me. Absolutely. <laughs> we'll take credit for that all day. Yeah. <laughs> and then I guess watching kind of the turn of the team, um, could you identify any kind of problems specifically or maybe even not pers- or being able to check this out, but kind of any problems that happened after all left? Any staff or just kind of, you know, the excitement went down or obviously with Polian, we had some rough times. Yeah, you know, I think Alt was, you know, so beloved by so many in this community. I mean, he took us from a D2 program to, you know, uh, top 10 ranking, you know, in right. 2010. So he's basically built Mackey Stadium to what it is now, built the program to what it is now. And um, I think anytime you have a figure like that, leave a program it's always hard to be the guy that's after that falls the guy you know you look at any of these yeah. big programs when you have joe paterno i mean he left for those reasons but even still they had issues after yeah um anytime mac brown texas has struggled since they you know they haven't found a coach so i think anytime you have a big time coach like that leave you're always going to have just a lag and i don't know why i mean i know coach all ran a tight ship but um I don't think there wasn't there weren't any issues, you know, with the uh, players on the team getting in trouble or anything like that. So I don't know if that it was a discipline issue, but I just think it in general that seems to happen. No, that's a good point. I, I don't think any people really talk about that, and I know I certainly didn't. Like that, those are big shoes to fill. If, if you're Brian Pulling, that was his first head coaching gig, and you're coming to a small town to idolize Chris. All that's a, that's a tough spot. Um, 
going back to your plan is you're in the record book in a few different spots. <laughs> you're you have the I think you're number three in tackles for a season, and you have the record for most tackles in a game. <laughs> yeah, are you, are you still aware of that? Uh, number one. I I I knew yeah I knew the tackles in a game one um the tackles in a season actually I didn't I didn't even know that so that's I guess okay so cool. you didn't I'll know that out, one yeah yeah find out who I'll find out who one and two are and uh, <laughs> you know I don't know but um no yeah I did know that which is cool yeah yeah I mean, so the the single game record it was twenty five against Air Force your senior year now it was, it was kind of funny I was looking over this. Do you know who number two is? No, no. I don't. So, no. so you said it against Air Force and that triple option offense. That's gonna they're gonna be a lot of first downs, a lot of opportunity for tackles. Asani Rufus had twenty four last year against Air Force. Oh, so my question is, how nervous are you for Saturday playing Air Force? Is your record going down? You know, I. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. I, I. You know, it's cool to be in the record books, but, uh, if we get a win, you know, that's all I'm really concerned about. I, Air Force definitely lends itself for tackling, yep. high tackling performances. I don't think they had a completion in the game that I played. So, you know, if you're playing middle linebacker and you don't have a lot of tackles, there's an issue there. So, um, you know, yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to watch, you know, 24 tackles. Hopefully our defense isn't on the field that much. Right. That would be a, a good sign. So we'll see what happens. Before your senior year, you so you were you were a DN and you moved to linebacker your senior year. What was mm-hmm. that transition like for you? Because obviously you picked it up pretty quickly. You had a shit ton of tackles your your senior year. What, how, how did that go? Well, yeah. Um, so when I I got recruited to Nevada as a linebacker, so that's what I played in high school. That's what I played my first three years there, and then we had some guys that were in front of me that were pretty darn good. James Michael got drafted. Brandon Marshall, who's still yep. playing. Um, a guy named actually, uh, Brent Grimes, uh, who's was really good. He didn't end up playing afterwards, but so I had these guys that were right in front of me and our coach said, Hey, listen, you know, we want to move you to DN. We got some guys graduating. You got James Michael and Brandon in front of you. What do you think? Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, sure. Let's do it. Whatever will get me on the field. So moved sure. to D end. And that was the hard transition for me. Moving back to linebacker, okay, yeah. I was like, yeah, thank God, bring me back. <laughs> you know? But, uh, um, yeah, the, 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 the rough transition was moving down to DN my junior year and just trying to figure out what the hell I was doing all season. But when he said, Hey, we're thinking about moving you back, I'm yeah. like, don't, don't, are you playing a joke <laughs> yeah. on me or what are we doing here? Cruel <laughs> joke. Yeah, exactly. So when they did that, I, I was very excited and sure. You know, so why why was that transition difficult? Just because linebacker was more natural to you, and DN you're dealing with more big boys up front, or what? Yeah, I mean it's definitely more more natural. Um, you know, I think defense, especially, um, it's very instinctual. No matter what position you're playing, yeah. And if you're having to think too much while you're playing, you're probably not playing at full speed. You're probably not playing your full capabilities, and just moving from put my hand in the dirt and yeah, just banging against old linemen every single play. Um, I had never, you know, I never had issues with stingers. I think like my first weekend I had a neck roll and I couldn't even yeah. lift my neck cause I just my, wasn't used to it. So besides <laughs> that, yeah, I mean, I got a lot of respect for those guys that play D line. That's for sure. Because yeah. 
there's, you can't take a playoff. It doesn't matter what it is. You're going full speed against a guy that probably weighs more than you. So, um, definitely. it was definitely a tough transition. I, I'll ask one last question and then, then we'll get a game score prediction from you, uh, for Saturday. Um, I was doing a little clicking around, obviously getting ready to ha- have you on today. I found your old online profile on the Nevada website. It's still up there. And so you, you have stats and like where you recruited from and you were, it said you were recruited by UNLV also. And, and who else was, was in the mix in there? Well, yeah, you're right. Nevada Southern and then, uh, maybe like Sac State and Cal Poly. So okay. heavily recruited as you can tell from my bio. <laughs> Blue chipper. Yeah. Blue chipper. Yeah. Um, but what I want to ask is at the very bottom, they have some personal notes. It says mom, dad, dad obviously played at Nevada. And then mm-hmm. the very last sentence is, in spare time, enjoys playing dominoes with friends. So I'm kind of curious how that came to be, if there was any truth to that at all. Are you still playing dominoes? What, uh, what do we got? Well, definitely am not playing dominoes anymore, and don't know if I ever did play dominoes. I was kind of in the back my freshman year and just kind of looking at the buddy next to me like, hey, what are you putting on this? You know, Are they even going to look at it? And I don't know what happened. I was like, shit, I'm just going to. Say I played dominoes or something. I think I see somebody <laughs> playing it in the dorms when I was there. And so, and then it's funny because I've actually got asked that question a lot throughout my playing career on being something like this. So it says you like to play dominoes. I'm like, God, I didn't know that thing was going to haunt me for the rest of my life when I filled it out. So yeah, on your obituary. yeah, no, um, was just kind of a joke that is live forever. Yeah, live forever. So. That's so funny. I love yeah. it. So when we get you on in the future, that's how we're going to introduce you first. Yeah, as Domino the, the, the Domino All Star who also played football at Nevada. Exactly. <laughs> All right, uh, Bert, dude, so much fun having you. We joked about this when we were talking about when I was up in Reno about a month and a half ago. So I'm super pumped we can get you on. Um, give us your pick for Saturday. What do you got for a score? Mm. Well, it's going to be high scoring. Take the over. I don't even know what it is, but I would say take the over. Uh, I'm saying Nevada 37, Air Force 24. I don't know if that would – is that the over? I, I, I think that tech goes under. Oh, then take the under. Sorry. <laughs> I apologize, folks. Don't listen to me. I don't know what I'm saying. All right. Uh, before we get you out of here, bud, uh, anything you want to plug – Ooh, of course. Strengthen the pack. Um, it's a, you know, fundraising organization that I joined after playing. Um, basically, long story short, you donate $7.75 a month, 775, little play on the wow. area code. Yeah, you like what we did there. Nice. And basically, we can, uh, we dictate where we want to donate money to. So nobody's telling us where we have to place funds or who we want to donate to. We're a, um, you know, taxable donation. And we've donated to Musselman. We've donated to Coach Norvell. We've donated actually about $50,000 in the past two years to the Nevada Athletic Department. So, you know, yeah, exactly. You know, instead of going and asking a bunch of people for a bunch of money, it's like, hey, why don't you just donate $7.75 a month? Um, And if you get a thousand people doing that, I mean, shoot, seven grand a month, a hundred grand a year, you can really do some things. So we're excited about it. Um, getting a lot of traction, uh, basketball playing well has really helped us out. So, um, yeah, looking forward to another exciting season. 
So I think a lot of people are at least aware of that. How, how for those who aren't aware, how do they get in touch with you guys and maybe start contributing? Yeah, so all you got to do, go to strengthenthepack.com. You can sign up online, or we do a tailgate every home game um, by the Silver and Blue trailer. It's on the north side of the stadium, and we it's a pretty pretty sweet tailgate. It's all you can drink, um, $7 if you're a member, $20 if you're not a member. So even if you're not a member, you want to come up, and you're over 21, and you want to drink, it's $20. Uh, if you are a member, it's seven, so you can find us there every home game or online at strengthenthepack.com. That's a screaming deal. Screaming. That's a screaming that's a, deal. That's awesome. All right, Bert, dude, so awesome having you on. A lot of fun. We'll get we'll get you on again soon. All right. Yeah. No. Thanks for having me. Pumped to be here and uh, looking forward to all the you know, I guess uh, being recognized now around town, <laughs> being on the show <laughs> as as the uh, the guest slash domino all star. Yeah. First guest, first guest. Hey, first guest, guest of the year so far. I mean, <laughs> hey, it's all types of accolades. So. All right, dude, we'll talk to you later. All right, later, guys. Thanks for having me. All right, let's get to some quick slants. We'll start with uh, 30-second gambling slash fantasy complaints. I think you've traditionally gone first here. Do you want to go first again, or do you want me to take it? Yes, my rant resolves on one thing, so I'm just going to go. All right, hold on. i got to get the timer going. Okay, you got, thir- you got 30 seconds. Are you ready? Yes. All right, ready, go. Ever since he's coming to the league, I've always hated Tom Brady. I can't stand him. He's the worst human on the planet. He's, li- he's like Derek Jeter. I, you, I can respect how good he is, but, God, I hate him so much. So Monday night or Sunday night, I'm feeling so good. Oh, minus seven against the Lions for sure. Oh, what do I do? I take all of my winnings from the week, throw it on Brady, go to the Tamarack, buy myself five beers to watch the game, and what do the Patriots do? Play the worst game they've probably ever played in, the, I don't even know, maybe, since Tom Brady's ever been around. I hate him. I hate him. I hate him. <laughs> You technically went over, so um, one slap on the wrist for you. I loved that Sunday night game. I won a fantasy matchup because of it. Um, I won't get too much into it, but I won by four because Tom Brady had seven points, and I was very happy. Um, my 32nd, I haven't been gambling yet. I'm, I'm sure that's coming at some point. Um, but here we go. Speaking of the Pats sucking, I have Chris Hogan on my team. I was excited about Chris Hogan this year. I've always been never drafting him from the past because you never know what they're going to do. Uh, what's his name is going to score four touchdowns against the Colts and then get cut ne- cut next week. I ignored all my instincts. I drafted Chris Hogan and I'm about to drop him. He had two garbage time touchdowns in the opener. Dude's not doing anything. And now uh, Burkhead, one of my dudes who I thought, man, maybe something I saw he got put on the IR, on the IR today. So uh, the Pats, ugh, just don't draft any Pats. I think I think that's what we can take away from today's gambling complaints. Yeah, historically they're bad for fantasy purposes. Yeah, unless you have Tom Brady or Gronk, but Gronk gets hurt all the time. Also, all right, yeah. let's jump into some Twitter questions. Um, fake Matt Mummy, a staple of the segment, dude carries it for us. Who would win in a fight, Jay Norvell's mustache or Lovey Smith's beard? You want to take this? I'll go first. So start, start, yeah, start it uh, off. I d- had not seen Lovey Smith's beard. I don't watch a lot of Illinois football. Um, so I had to Google Lovey Smith's beard. And that thing is a power beard. It looks sharp. It's, it's distinguished. He looks like he should be coaching football in like Alaska somewhere. Like that was the impression I got. Jay Norvell's 
mustache is a little bit more um what's the word I'm looking for? Pristine. Groomed. Pristine. Well, Levy Smith's beard is groomed, but it's a little it's a thin mustache. Um which one to me sends a stronger message? And I'm gonna always go mustache. Okay. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna ride with mustache on this one. You know, you think about um if you ever you know get in a fight with your dad or whatever there's always old man strength lovey smith's beard it's got a lot of age a lot of character i mean i'm gonna have to go i'm gonna have to go away from nevada here lovey smith's beard's powerful it's got age in a fight yeah i'm taking the beard yeah just going with the dad strength <laughs> all right um uh any explanation for inconsistent play? Series to series, they look like a different, like look like different teams. I'm assuming we're talking about Nevada's offense. I think that's a fair assumption. That's from uh, Love Jungle NV again. If you don't follow those guys, uh, they put out some awesome stuff, getting together all the Nevada content, putting it in one place for you guys, making it as convenient as possible. Um, my go-to for this, I think Nevada's offense is so based on tempo that those first couple plays are really important. Get the first first down, and then you start moving downhill. So if you don't get if, – if you have a negative play on first down, your first two plays net a couple yards, then you're off the field in 30 seconds and you have no rhythm. So I think that's kind of the nature of the beast when you have an offense that's as fast as Nevada is, as fast tempo as Nevada's is, that if you struggle on a, a couple of early downs, that you're going to be off the field – in a hurry, because Nevada does have a lot of those, those three plays, four yards, punt. I think mm-hmm. it's kind of nature of the beast. Um, the HDP, his name is uh, a Mountain Man 69. Nice. Power moves. Nice. What do we have to do to get the intro at football games synced up and fire emoji? The law of the jungle is minimized and everything has been out of sync this year. Um, I'm going to delegate this responsibility to you, Adam, because <laughs> you're in Reno. You're going to the game. So I'm going to hand this task to you. It's up to you to sync up the music and turning up Law of the Jungle before the game. Um, well, I'm going to use our interviewee, Albert, to get some connections into the sound room this year or next game. And uh, I can't make any promises, but I will do my best effort to get it synced up. No, you need, to make, re- no, you need to make some promises. Okay. I personal guarantee, personal guarantee from Adam Schaub that – the sound will be synced up next game. Perfect. Take it to the... What, why was that so hard? Sometimes I like just be difficult, you know? <laughs> All right. Th- this next one, I'm, I'm pumped about. This is the most... I, I even put it... I even uh, tweeted it out that this is... I think my favorite question that I've gotten, even when I was taking questions when I was uh, on air in Reno, um, I did some... Do you do prep for this one? I did some prep for this one. I had to think about yeah. it. For, uh, yeah, I know what question you're talking okay, about. Okay, so from 15th and Virginia, again, if you're not following them on Twitter, go follow 15th and Virginia to put out some awesome uh, basketball content. The Mount Rushmore of N64 games. So power rankings is something I used to do on the show all the time, but I did it for like more seriously radio talk sports teams. We're going to start incorporating that into more things. So that it was this is the perfect opportunity to start. We're going to do power rankings, but we cannot pick the same game. Mm-hmm. So N64 games. We gotta figure out who's going first, because I think we I think we both we played the same N sixty four games growing up. Yeah. So you have I, a coin you got a coin or something no, around no, here? No, we can see each other. Let's do something. Let's do something. Oh, yeah, Rock 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 okay, two or three? Some good radio here. Yeah, here we All go. Right. All right. Rock. Rock, paper, scissors. scissors. What do you got? I can't see I can't scissors, see your hand. Scissors, both in scissors. Uh, okay. Rock, paper, paper scissors. Scissors. 
right, Son of I, a bitch. I got you. All right, we're, we're just doing that one. That's bad radio. Yeah. All right, number one, obviously, Mario Kart, the OG video game. We played it nonstop all the time. I think every night, like for a couple mm-hmm. years of our lives before going to bed. So I'm starting with Mario Kart. I can't say I'm surprised. I didn't even write that down because I knew you were going to take it. Yep. I knew it was going to be the first one. I didn't even have to write it down because if I went first, I was going to say it. Right. Number two, Star Fox. Yep, that's a good one. Star Fox. So I don't know how many people actually played. I'm assuming – I just assume everybody played the same games we played. They better But Star, Star Fox was an awesome game. I just remember hitting the right bumper and you could spin in a circle and deflect you away could, the bullets. Yeah, you could do the barrel rolls. The barrel rolls. Yep. Yep. I had Star Fox on my list as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Number two, I'm going to do a combination of two games because they're in the same space. Pokemon Snap slash Pokemon Stadium. Good. Played those Good. all the time. We did. With my with my blue version. Blue version was the best. Blastoise was my boy. <laughs> all right. For number number two, I don't know if you got I'm – I'm, I hope you have this on your list. But Diddy Kong Racing. Yep. Had that one. Another great one. That that game was awesome. I can't even – I can't remember what character I was in it, but I just remember that game had some fun maps and was like my favorite one on that one was you're, when you're the airplanes and you pick up the eggs and you need to get three eggs into your oh, spot. Oh yeah, it was like that. It was like that battle. It wasn't like a race. It or it wasn't like yeah. an actual. It wasn't a race. It was, yeah, it was a contest kind of deal. And there were yeah, you had to like go swoop in and pick up the egg or whatever. Yep. Yep. I, mm-hmm. I did Kong Racing High on my list as well. Um, I'm gonna go with I, I wrote I wrote so many down here. I'm not sure. Um, I'm gonna go with Super Smash Bros. Also on my at, list at, at number three. Played that one all the time. Settled a lot of arguments playing Super <laughs> Smash Bros. That did settle a lot. Uh, this one I don't think we own this game actually, but we used to. I used to play it at my neighbor or our neighbor's house a lot. It was Tony Hawk Pro Skater Three. Mm. I remember the game was in that. Ye- it was a yellow cartridge. Yep. But I remember, I remember some of those songs, like if I ever hear them on Spotify or whatever, some of those, you know, you old 90s songs. Yeah, I recognize yeah. them. Like, man, that's Tony Hawk right there. Yep. All right. We said before that we were only going to do four of them. I, I mean, I wrote down so many of them. Mm-hmm. And this is, I'm, I'm, I don't know what to do here. This, this is a game that I don't know how many people played it, but I absolutely loved this game was Battle Tanks. Dude. Battle yeah. Tanks was so sick. I, I would play Battle Tanks. I'd play all these games right now. But Battle Tanks was awesome. I, I, honestly, love, I love Battle Tanks. I had honestly forgotten about that game. It's been so long. Yeah, I think I'm kicking your ass in this, by the way. Yeah, you are. Well, you're taking, you know, going first gives you that for hand. You got Mario Kart, you got Battle Tanks. Um, and you've taken a couple of my honorable mentions, too. But the one, I think they had this in the, like the toy or at like pizza places and stuff. Um, I know Josh commented about it, but that Wave Race 64. Yep, that was a good one. So, so I played that, yeah, but that was just a fun little entertainment. It was just different. You know, it wasn't like driving a car like normal these games are, but yeah, it was an, a fun little. Wait, so you're going Wave Race 64? Mm-hmm. All right. I think I, actually, I absolutely kicked your ass on this. We can put it on Twitter and, and see if people. So I, I got Mario Kart, Pokemon Snap, Slash Stadium, which uh, is bo- which is BS. You got both of those. Hey, those need, hey, those need no, to be broken. No, those need no, to be broken. no, no. Then I got Super Smash Bros. and I got Battle Tanks. You got Diddy Kong Racing. Star Fox is a really good one. Tony Hawk and Wave Racer. Um, I think we're doing a disservice if we don't mention at least honorable mention NFL Blitz. Um, oh yeah, that was a staple. I also had Rampage was on there and uh, Mario Mario Party. I was never really big into Mario Party. 
Me neither, but I feel like it was always one of those things, like, we don't know what we're going to play. Nah, let's just play Mario Party. Yeah, I guess it's a good point. Yeah, that was a good one. All right. We'll let, we'll let Twitter decide. That, that, that one was fun. Um, Jared, I don't know if Jared sent a question in yet on the podcast, but he, he used to all the time on the radio show. Um, same questions I asked Murray in his mailbag, so I guess that means we're big time now. Uh, who is your favorite follow on Twitter? How do you pronounce GIF? So I, I gave that one away. And what is your favorite GIF? So three questions in one. Trifecta. Who do you, mm-hmm. who do you got? So who's your, who, we'll start the first one. Who's your favorite okay, follow yeah. on Twitter? I got, I got a pea brain. You got to go one at a time. <laughs> okay. You, you do. <laughs> favorite follow. Yeah. E- easily Big Cat. He's up. <laughs> Barstool guy, he just some of the stuff he tweets is hilarious. Like last night, he, I got caught in one of his you know rat hole tweet things of people commenting. He posted a picture of himself watching ga- a game and he was wearing jeans. And the next thing you know, he's like just getting ripped for wearing jeans on the TV. And he was like claiming that he was getting jean shamed and all sorts of funny <laughs> stuff. Yeah, it's big cat. All right, I wrote a few down. Um, I don't know how many people in Seattle are listening, but for my diehard Seattle sports fans, if you're not following Alex SSN, Alex Seattle Sportsnet, dude is absolutely hilarious. He basically just rips on Seattle sports the entire time. Diehard. So a lot of it's positive, but he can make fun of Seattle sports when it needs to be made fun of. Uh, so super funny. I, I love following Alex. Also got Cespedes Family Barbecue. We haven't talked a ton of baseball. We will once playoffs start, um, but they are hysterical with, with baseball stuff. And then a, a guy that I love is Ryan Rosello. I, mm-hmm. I, I love his demeanor. I think he's a smart dude. He's hilarious. I think he's pretty authentic. Um, so a lot of his stuff out there is, is pretty great too. So I, I got those three. I went, I went three there. Um, mm-hmm. How are you pronouncing GIF? You say GIF, right? Yeah, I'm the same as you, GIF. Yeah. People say GIF? You know, I've never heard anyone say GIF. Seriously. I've heard people, I've heard people say GIF, but it's one of those words that like, you can't confidently say that it's not GIF because there's never really been someone that's come out and said, this is how you say it. You kind of just get thrown into what category you say it. So, I mean, like, I definitely say GIF, but if somebody says GIF, I'm probably going to let that, I'm going to let that slide. I don't think I would. I think if someone said, someone said GIF, I'd be like, what, what the hell is, where are you from? It's like an East Coast, it's like an East Coast thing, pop and soda. Pop and soda, yeah. All right. What's what's your go-to GIF? Well, I get obviously a ton of texts a day, hundreds to be exact, um, and I care so much about all of them. But <laughs> my favorite one is it's Chris Farley, you know, surprise. Yep. But it's him on like an SNL skit, and he's in a he's in this like women's maid suit, or he's in some you know whatever house cleaner thing, and it's just him staring at the camera, and he's just going, "Holy cannoli." <laughs> So like when anybody texts me just anything random or like says something, that's usually my go-to. It's usually like my stop texting me. All right. So I think now that we're talking about these, we have to tweet them out. Yeah. So no comment, no anything. You just tweet out the GIF. The GIF. I was actually, actually going to – yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. I was actually going to do – I was thinking about that tonight. I was like, you know what? I'm going to tweet that out right after we're done recording. So I, I was having a tough time because I'm – are there any GIFs that are my staples? And I, There are a couple that I think I use – with some sort of consistently, I went two. Both are from Arrested Development. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first one is when Job is, they're playing the softball game and he's dancing in the outfield. Oh, doing, yeah. doing the clapping, like looking like an idiot. So that one, 
And the one where I even tweeted this from the, the Reno Slant one during the Vanderbilt game when George Michael is walking like in the oh, yeah. in the dirt with his head down. The yeah. Doo, 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 doo. So that mm-hmm. one for for being sad. Well, I guess I was going to say, too, since you got two, I'm giving myself another one. There's one that I do use actually quite often, really only on Friday and Saturday nights, though, when I'm trying to figure out if, if I'm going to leave the couch or not. But when I'm texting people, I send it's just it's like a feeler gif. Yep. It's Jack Nicholas or Nicholson. There you go. And he's and he's just like got this huge grin on his face, the most menacing look, and he's just shaking his head up and down. Like, Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So there you go. I'm good. Yeah, that's my second one. All right, we're running long this week. One last question, and then we're get do random Reno, and then get out of here. Um, Austin asks, uh, "I managed to pick up Big Ben, Mahomes, and Fitzpatrick in one of my leagues. What the hell do I do?" So, some fantasy corner here. What the hell are you doing, Adam? If Me? that's your league, yeah. Chiefs D's horrible, so they're gonna be throwing the ball all the time. Start Mahomes, bench your other two quarterbacks, never drop them, so nobody in your league can have them. And ride Mahomes and ride Mahomes to the promised land. I was gonna say the same thing. Like Mahomes is the guy. I don't care who they're playing. Yeah, you, you play yeah. Mahomes at this. Like, are we really gonna say all right? Fitzpatrick is is this now? Have we not seen enough of Ryan Fitzpatrick? Yeah. Are we really gonna believe that he's the fantasy guy now? And his, Big, Big Ben sucks. History is going to repeat with Fitzpatrick. He is he goes way up, then he just crashes down. He's going to have like five picks next week or something. Oh, it's coming. Yeah. Well, he he had three picks on Monday night, but he, uh, he kept it he kept it close. But though. he threw a sh- threw for a shit ton of yards, a couple touchdowns. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, random Reno. What did you find this week? So this one, I love '80s music. This is a fact that I thought was pretty cool. Uh, Eddie Money actually filmed the video for "Take Me Home Tonight" in Reno. I think I knew that actually. Well, that's I did not. Cool. Yeah, that's, that's what good. I thought. I saw. It. I was like, you know what? Reno's not too bad. Now that you say that, I'm pretty sure. Like, I remember sitting at Nevada games, like finishing my gamer Nevada basketball, and mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they play that like almost every night. And I wonder if that's why. You never know. That might be it. Mm-hmm. Now you're catching on to something. <sighs> Some long nights right. S- sitting at Lawler. They had the garage door open. So I'm yeah. you're sitting there writing your story. It's 11:30 on a weeknight. It's freezing. Co- it's freezing cold in there. I hate that. Ugh, shut up. It, it, <laughs> I, I don't miss that part at all. Um, the one that I found, University of Nevada grad Ron Toomer. Does that sound familiar to you? No. He built the first or designed the first. I'm not, I'm unsure. I didn't do enough research. Uh, the first upside down roller coaster. Ron. So fun for for all. Anyone who enjoys roller coasters, that came from Reno from our boy Ron Toomer. That one's pretty (laughs) sick, actually. That is pretty cool. Well, I was wondering. Yeah. I mean, I guess he probably designed it somewhere else because I was just thinking, like, where would he have? Not a lot. Yeah. Not a lot of roller coasters in Reno. (laughs) Yeah. Not yet. All right, and uh, that's our show. Um, so thank you to all of you guys for giving us a listen, and I mean that. It really does mean a ton. The, the support we've gotten from you guys continues to be absolutely amazing. I got a new challenge for you guys this week. We are trying to put out the best possible for you guys, the best podcast we, we can possibly be. We're not shying away from our goals. Eventually, we want to bring on some partners. Uh, we bring on some partners that open some doors to put out an even better podcast so in order to do that we need to know what you guys think so far this this is show number seven i tweeted out a survey 
on Monday, I believe it was. It's only 10 questions. You can do it in like 90 seconds. It goes really quick. So you can find it on uh, either the Reno Slant Twitter, at the Reno Slant, or on my Twitter, at Shalp Nathan Adam. I think you retweeted it too, didn't you? Yeah, I retweeted it. Yeah. And it's basically, how'd you find the podcast? What do you think of it? That sort of stuff. Really quick. Um, if you could fill that out, that would mean a ton for us because that information is invaluable hearing from you guys about what you think so far, what you're liking, what you aren't liking. So we can adjust accordingly. Like I said, we want to put the best podcast we possibly can for you guys. You know, we're going to be back next week. We're going to break down Saturday's Mountain West opener, Nevada Air Force, one o'clock on Saturday. Thank God it's not at 9 a.m. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, not, not great during life is beautiful to 9 a.m. Start, but then a big home game next week. Fresno State Mountain West home opener. Um, Fresno is awesome again this year, so we're going to talk about that game um, at length next week. We'll see you guys then. Go pack. Thanks for listening to the Reno Slant, the podcast for Northern Nevada sports fans. Until next time, and we're still not talking about the Loyalist Chicago tournament game. <laughs>